And I would encourage people too, to not put pressure on themselves to find their next forever path. I don't know that there are forever paths, but to just find that next right thing, the next step forward that they can take, that's going to lead them to one path or another, even if they can't see that path yet. Please share, we can do better. So many of us are told and believe that it's impractical to pursue change in our life. We believe we have to stay stuck, that we don't have any options, and it's impossible to do things our own way. I believe the opposite. It's not only practical, but essential that you go after whatever brings you more happiness and freedom in your life. This show explores the ways you can break free from the mold, start to trust yourself more, and lean into what lights you up. And when you do, you can truly show up in the world as your most authentic and confident self, which frees you up for endless possibilities. I'm your host, Angie Cazares, and together, I'm pretty sure we can do better. Hey guys, welcome back to Pretty Sure We Can Do Better. Thanks for tuning in. I just made a social media post about this, but I'm currently recording this introduction in my messy children's bedroom. We've got a guest staying in our guest bedroom. My husband works from home in our bedroom where there's a desk. And so I'm literally just finding a room that doesn't have humans in it and I'm recording this. I'm sitting right next to a vent where you can probably hear the heat coming out. It's pretty loud, but that's the point. I just basically want to reiterate that you don't have to wait for perfection to just get started. A lot of people, when they're thinking about starting a podcast or doing a podcast, they, you know, soundproof everything or they record it in a really quiet closet and you know, stuff like that. And when I first started, I thought about that too. I was all worried about sound quality and things like that. But it's like, no, you can hear my words. You can understand them. I don't really care. And I also don't have time to just make everything perfect. I'd rather just do this when I have the time, find a space. If you can understand me, that's all that matters. So anyway, just a little side note. Not even related to podcasts, but if there's something that you want to do, don't wait until everything is perfect, where you have the perfect space, you have the perfect time. Just do it. Just get started. Nobody cares. And, you know, honestly, you'll probably think about it way more than anybody else in terms of, is this good enough? Everybody else is just going to appreciate you doing what you do. So anyway, think about that. On to our episode this week. I am really excited to have Kathleen Melvin join us this week. She stands for um, everything that I am so passionate about. Uh, she did a TEDx talk that I will link in the show notes, and we talk about that on the episode called The Brave Leap Sideways. And it's basically just about recognizing what is not serving you in your life and getting off of this hamster wheel, this treadmill, and just jump off. Get out of what isn't serving you, what isn't making you happy, and making that shift in your life. And Cal, uh, Kathleen did that, and she will talk about, you know, share her story 
of um, how she got off the treadmill and then hopefully inspire you to take action and think about that as well what's not going well in your life and how we can make that shift so it's just perfect because that's everything I've been focusing on a lot in my coaching with my clients and I'm so excited to hopefully give you another dose of inspiration in that way so without further ado here is Kathleen hey Kathleen how are you I am doing well I'm excited to be here for the second time. For the second time. Yes. Yes. For those of you listening <laughs> that don't know the background, Kathleen and I recorded an interview and then I couldn't find it on my computer. And she so graciously said, I can redo it. It's fine. So Things thank disappear. you. <laughs> we were just talking before we hit record about the magic of the internet. And I feel like that's one of, one of the like black magics of the internet is <laughs> that sometimes things just don't exists the way that you want them to. Who stole it? Yeah. Um, Well, yeah, let's jump in and give us some background on, on you and, and what you do. And then we'll get into the exciting journey and kind of your inspiring uh, story and Ted talk. Yeah. So I am a messaging expert and I help other experts, often coaches or entrepreneurs in the sort of education and enrichment space, define and design and deliver whatever their world-changing message happens to be. And I do that in a couple of ways, one, one of which is through done-for-you copywriting services. So I write websites and email sequences and sales pages. And then I also help coach people through the TEDx process. So when they have that world-changing message that they want to get out in via that avenue, I help them shape that, get it ready for presentation, get all their applications out, and eventually get them on stage where they can give their confident and powerful and the hope is joyful TEDx talk. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why I think you are a perfect guest for the show is that you have so many different skills that you've acquired from, this has been like something that's on my mind a lot recently is that a lot of people, they'll, they'll gain skills doing something and you've done, they've done something for so long, or maybe they're going on a, on a specific route for so long. And then they'll decide to, to change gears. And then the, mm-hmm. the message that they're giving themselves over and over is, yeah, but I've worked so hard for this other thing. I'm going to lose all of that experience. Mm-hmm. And it's like that thought right there doesn't serve you in any way. It's just like see, choosing to see that all the experience that you've gained is what's going to serve you moving forward. When you like, when you're thinking about, oh, I've changed directions. I've lost all of this. It's mm-hmm. like, that's just going to keep you spinning and keep you staying stuck. But when you but can, it's really that that's all the foundation for that's whatever the foundation you can You're like building utilize. upon it. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. And you, and I love that you, your journey, you've, you've done that. You've done that a couple of different times and that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what your Ted talk is about. So yeah. give us a little bit of backstory on that's what you're doing. Now you're doing these, mm-hmm. this coaching, this copywriting, this, um, but how did you get here? Let's, let's back it up. So I feel like where I am right now, 
I really have taken, you know, leapt from one lily pad to the next, not necessarily understanding where I was going to get to and at the age of 35, but really, really taking that journey and every step moving me forward. So I started way back in high school. My sport of choice was speech and debate. And nice. <laughs> yeah. Love it. I actually, my senior photo, I chose to take in a business suit, a black suit, <laughs> red power blouse underneath. So that Heck tells yeah. you a lot about who I was as a 17 year old. <laughs> and I was really good at it. I competed at the national level. I, after I graduated from high school, I went back and coached other students to the national level. And I was doing that while I was pursuing my undergrad, which is in classical theater performance. Mm -hmm. And I got through undergrad. I had gone, gone to college in Wisconsin. I moved to Chicago to pursue acting. And I worked for a little over a decade as an actor and a director. And I owned a national touring children's theater at that time with another another theater artist and during that time is also when I started exploring copywriting I didn't mm -hmm. know that that's what I was exploring mm -hmm. at the time but because I was running this theater company I was writing copy for our website I was writing emails I was writing copy for our print brochures that we sent out in the mail um, and all different things. And I started studying SEO and social media. I was really mm -hmm. fortunate because living in Chicago um, through SCORE, which I don't remember all of the words in that acronym, but they um, basically bring in workshop leaders to teach about small business stuff. Oh. And so I had a lot of access to free workshops and that sort of thing. So that was really fantastic. And then when I decided it was time to leave the theater industry, I took a little bit of a detour and I decided to go to law school. Mm -hmm. Law school was not the best fit for me. I stayed in law school for seven months and then decided that the best thing for me was to leave school and really focus on my copywriting and my editing and, and grow that into a full-time business. So that was just mm -hmm. about a year ago. So what was, what was it that sparked that thought of like, oh, I'm, you know, running this small theater company. I'm going to go to law school now. Like, what was it that sparked that thought? Oh, there were a lot of different reasons. I I am very much like an information gatherer. I am a yeah. I I am a long runway to decision making. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of really good reasons for me to go to law school. I had done the hustle and the struggle of being in the theater world and the education world and not having any idea of whether I would ever get to retire for yeah. a long time, not having health insurance for 15 months, 18 months. I don't remember how long exactly not having a home because that was something I had decided to give up in order to afford the work <laughs> that mm -hmm. I was trying to create for myself. And so there was that, that I wanted, 
I, I really believed at the time that I had no marketable skills, which was just a story I was telling myself. Yeah. I had been doing this work. Other people, even outside of my children's theater, people learned that I was writing and would bring other people in their network to me and I would create copy for them. People were needing this service. People were paying me for this service. And even so, when I decided I needed to leave the theater industry, I thought I have to go back to school. I am Mm -hmm. not employable. I have Mm -hmm. no marketable skills. And fast forward, you know, three-ish, four-ish years now from when I was having that dialogue with myself, I no longer care about being employable. I employ myself again, which I love. And I understand that I have a lot of skills that are really valuable to, to people. And so there was... There was that false story that I was telling myself. There was a lot of reasons that I went into it. And I, I really prepared myself. I read a lot of books. I did mm-hmm. a lot of like phone interviews with practicing attorneys and with other law students. And I knew what I was getting myself into. And part of why I had decided to go back to school was because I was in a long-term relationship that I thought was my forever relationship. And my partner had a very stable, you know, mm-hmm. traditional, absolutely could take care of himself or both of us. But he wanted to start his own thing. He had an idea for a business that I knew he wanted to explore. And I wanted to be able to help support him in that Uh, I I had created my own thing my entire life. I've never had a traditional, um, I've had nine to fives as, as survival jobs, but I've never had a traditional, you know, work my way up the corporate ladder sort of career. And so I was, I was applying for law schools toward the end of 2019. I had just gotten my LSAT scores back in December I had started my applications and then that relationship ended very suddenly and abruptly Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. dramatically in my experience. Yeah. And I immediately thought I like, I remember uh, we broke up a week before Christmas and I went home for Christmas and what I'd asked for for Christmas in our like sibling gift exchange was some of these prep books. Okay. And I remember like being this like puddly mess of a human in my sister's recliner, like curled up in blankets with like her, her children on top of me of trying to avoid opening this present because I knew what was in it. And I did not know if I even wanted to go to law school way back then. And that led me into a really bad mental health year. Yeah. Um, I was dealing with that and then, you know, COVID and quarantine and being isolated and all of that. So I knew before I ever went to law school in the fall of 2020, that it was probably not the right place for me to be. Oh, yeah. But I felt like I had to keep going in that direction because that's the path that I'd put myself on. And I was not in a position. I was not mentally sound enough 
to figure out what other option there could possibly be. Uh huh. Even though quite obviously I had been doing this copywriting work and later it was very obvious, like, oh, that's actually what you should be doing. <laughs> that's a really great skill. Yeah, fit. but you that's were going great, through yeah. so much that it's like you couldn't even see it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was 2020 was rough. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So you, you win it. I mean, in that mm-hmm. moment, like if you could go back right now, just like thinking about it again, when you like had that nudge of, you know, Oh, I don't even think I really want to go here. Like, would you have done anything differently now? Like knowing what you know, or like, I don't know, what would you tell somebody in that moment? It's so common, right? It's like such yeah. a common, it's such a common place to be where you're like, mm-hmm. you know, you started this thing, you, you're going down the path and then you know, it's like, Oh, and you feel this urge to do something else, but it's like, it's scary. I think that if I were able to show up for my past self, I would encourage me (laughs) Mm -hmm. to take that same amount of time. I had in December, I left my children's theater. I was Mm -hmm. planning on just like temping for nine months until I started school to take that same amount of time and live that same like flexible it doesn't really matter just do whatever work comes to you sort of Mm -hmm. life of you know I'm gonna go temp downtown for yeah you know one place one week and one place the next week and and allow myself that flexibility and that time to figure out what another option might be coming Mm -hmm. next Mm -hmm. not saying like no absolutely not you you shouldn't be going to school next fall yeah yeah because when you're struggling like that when you are like living, living life, looking through like black tinted glasses, basically, it, there's a lot of second guessing of like, mm-hmm. is that the right, is, is this next step the wrong choice? Or is that my depression telling me yeah. that's the wrong choice? And it's really, it can be really hard yep. to feel which way that's going and it can be really hard to hear when your friends or your family or your therapist or whoever is telling you I think that this is your depression doing the thinking for you Mm -hmm. because it feels so real and and in this case it was (laughs) Moscow is not a great fit for me but yeah no it's just it's so hard to navigate yeah yeah I mean like taking that time probably it sounds like even just taking more time to like actually fully grieve the relationship even grieve like oh i'm stepping away from this other thing i built yeah. like there was a lot going yeah. on that yeah, were just I, like a lot a lot of changes and a lot of things that you just probably needed to sit with and like not try to rush yourself through mm-hmm. yeah, getting I to the other side business. of business yeah there was the breakup you know, three months later was quarantine mm-hmm. and all that came with that. And then I moved across the country to a city where I knew no one. Yeah. 
and it was just there it was a lot of it was very tumultuous <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah that's that's that is a lot yeah mm-hmm. but then you ended up I mean you got a scholarship you started mm-hmm. you started the law school and then yeah. how much how long into that were you getting messing you know kind of confirming you're like oh I don't know I mean it was really it was really before the semester before it even yeah. started yeah like I was glad to have a reason to leave um like you said I had gotten this full ride scholarship so it on on paper it seemed like a great place yeah. to be I thought I'm gonna go like at least ride out the the pandemic I'm still riding out the pandemic here mm-hmm. and so it's it still seemed like even if it weren't even if it wasn't going to be my forever thing it was the best right now thing and that's really how I approached it and then it just became clear that the the lack of autonomy had a lot bigger of an impact on me than I expected it to. Law school is, you know, famously mm-hmm. um, challenging. And I was waking up at five o'clock in the morning, reading until class started, going to all of my classes, and then reading again until I couldn't absorb any more information. And I passed out in bed with my cat. And yeah all weekend was reading and um class prep and I was really struggling I hadn't had for a long time because I the last time that I even had like a nine to five was early 2014 Mm -hmm. so I had all of these years where I was running my own business I was in charge of my own schedule at least to a certain extent and I just, the, the sudden lack of control around my own life was, was really hard. Yeah. Um, so there was that. And then it was just also a lot of stress that I put on myself because I, I wasn't the traditional law student. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I learned as I went through the application process and and sort of familiarized myself with law school culture is that it's very generational. I talked with one guy before I went to school when I was trying to connect with practicing attorneys who was the seventh generation to attend. Oh, wow. Levin School of Law at, at University of Florida, where I was, where I went to school. And like, that's, that's a lot, but it's not abnormal for people to be like the second generation or the third generation Hmm. or generation after generation of just attorneys in general. Okay. And so I was feeling like I was up against that. I was feeling like I am very weird. I am the awkward kid. I was low income working class growing up, like all of these (laughs) things that I was just like, how do I exist in this new world where the way to socialize as a professional is to go golfing yeah, or eat at a fancy restaurant where you have to know what fork is which, Mm -hmm. these things that I've never encountered. And so there was just a lot of pressure that like, 
Yeah. Like I wouldn't show up to class in a sweatshirt mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I'm very much just like a throw on a house dress, put my hair in a ponytail kind of person. So that yeah. was a lot of it too. That was just, yeah. like, this is not, this is not a long-term solution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that brings us to, so Kathleen uh, in January had a Ted talk um go live and it's called the brave leap sideways and i got that right yes you did sideways okay 100 (laughs) um and it was all about this moment right where Mm -hmm. she's in the law school and you know realizes this is not for me and how scary Mm -hmm. it is to then do that. So how did you, how did you muster up, walk us through, like, how did you muster up the courage then to take that brave leap out of, out of law school? Yeah. (laughs) So as I mentioned before, I need a really long runway to make decisions. So obviously I had sort of started thinking about this decision in December of 2019 (laughs) and let my experiences over the next year just sort of like wash over me and and influence me to a point at which I was like this I I don't know what the next thing has to be but I but this is not it mm-hmm. um and I had a conversation with my best friend Cassandra Quinn who was the person that I owned the children's theater with and she still owns that company And she's also now a business coach. And over winter break, we were talking on the phone and she basically said, look, this is not the right thing. Mm -hmm. You are not okay. You need to be writing. That's your next thing. We're going to figure out how to make that work for you. And even then I was like, I don't know. I don't know if that's the right thing. So what I decided to do is give myself the whole second semester. I was going mm-hmm. to go back to school, finish out the semester. I had, you know, I'd been on Dean's list the first semester. Second semester was going to be so much better because I learned the system. I had ideas <laughs> of how to do it better. And by the end of the second semester, my plan was to figure out whether I was coming back in the fall or not. So I started the second semester in January and then like four-ish weeks in mid-February, I said, this is, I'm not coming back in the fall. Mm -hmm. I can say with complete certainty, I am not coming back in the fall. And since I have decided I'm not coming back in the fall, it is a waste of my time and energy and stress to finish out this semester. And so I dropped out. And it was really easy. It was easier than I expected. Like it was just a button on a website page. Wow. <laughs> like I didn't have to go through any sort of like counseling mm-hmm. or anything like that. Were there any repercussions because you had gotten the scholarship? No. And that's something that I had reached out to the financial aid office about because I, okay. I wanted to make sure it wasn't like, now you owe back all the <laughs> right? that yeah, you did yeah. or something like that. And no, um, at least at University of Florida for their law school, that's not, not something that I had to worry about or deal with. Mm -hmm. So I was grateful for that. Yeah. 
Well, so awesome that you had that friend step up and, and kind of yeah. call you out on, Hey, mm-hmm. we all need people like that. Like, Hey, this is yeah. not good for you mm-hmm. and supporting you through that. That's, yeah. that's amazing. So, so if somebody is listening to this and, you know, they have those thoughts of like, I just need to get out of this thing and maybe they don't have anybody yeah. in their life to, you know, or even like that big of a support group, like family or whatever. Yeah. It's like so scary to take a a leap sideways Mm -hmm. and do something else. You know what? I mean, I, I have some ideas of what I would say, but I'm curious, like in those moments to somebody, even if they don't have support, you know, like what? Yeah. I I think that we all throughout our lives take several brave leaps sideways. Mm-hmm. I think that it it can be really easy to get in on onto this like out of control treadmill in yeah. our career where we're like reaching for promotion after promotion, thinking that that next level is the one that something's gonna click and we're gonna feel good. Or in a marriage or in a relationship, even a platonic relationship, realizing that whatever that relationship is isn't the right forever thing um yeah or like for me with my education like going back to school that was not right um and so I think that that the treadmill can show up in a lot of different ways and I think that for a lot of people they either don't have that that support structure or they feel like that support structure isn't there or they worry that if I say this thing that that whole structure is going to fall away um and I think I would like people to be able to take a breath and really sort of like feel into themselves and know that even if you don't have that that friend who's going to stand up for you, even if you don't have, you know, a, a parent or a spouse or whoever to support you, like you have the strength just by virtue of being human and being yeah. an autonomous being to vault yourself over the handrail and to land on on the ground next to that next to that treadmill kick the treadmill to the curb yeah. and start fresh. Even if you don't know what your next step is going to be, just get the action of getting off the treadmill allows you to shake that off and, and think more clearly about what could my options possibly be. And I would encourage people to, to not put pressure on themselves to find their next forever path. I don't know that there are forever paths. Um, Mm -hmm. but to just find that next right thing, the next step forward that they can take, that's going to lead them to one path or another, even if they can't see that path yet. Yeah. I mean, and like the next right thing is just getting out of the complete wrong thing. (laughs) That's the next right thing. That's the next step is just getting Mm -hmm. out of the wrong thing Mm -hmm. and giving, allowing yourself to breathe a little bit. And I think, I think for a lot of people too, with me, I remember 
similarly in, in when I kind of was building like the side hustle coaching thing and, and like, you know, I, I just, oh, I so deeply desired being with my kids more and having this more freedom and flexibility why I even Mm -hmm. started this. But at the same time, it's like, I've got two little ones. I've got two little, two little kids that I provide health insurance for. I provide, yeah, like all of these things. Mm -hmm. Right. And luckily I had a partner where I could, you know, go to and say, Hey, we're switching. Like we need you to take the reins in terms of this or that. And I'm going to, you know, explore doing my own thing for a while. Kind of like you were talking about in your past relationship, but there's a lot of people who don't have that. Maybe it's just like a single parent and it can be really, really really, complicated. Yeah. Really complicated. But Mm -hmm. I, I still feel like it's like, Um, you know, I've talked about this a few times, like this thought of like, oh, it's so impractical though. It's not practical for me to step away from this. But for me, I thought like it came to a point where I was just like, but staying in this thing is actually like the least practical thing. I'm coming home at the end of the day. I'm burnt out. I'm, I I just like, I don't have energy to be with my kids. I'm thinking like daydreaming about how I want my life to look. And it's not that like, I'm not in a mental space of where I want to be. So I'm not showing up there for my kids either. So how is that practical? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's like, even if you just get, even if it's like one step where it's like, okay, maybe, maybe it's a different department. Yeah. Maybe it's the same role at a different company. Yeah. Or maybe you adjust your hours. So you're, you're doing longer days, four days a week. Like there's Mm-hmm. Or it's just so like your creative little, thinking. Yeah. Like on. little steps, like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, little tiny steps where it's like, okay, this isn't still might not be my ideal, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit better than like where I was, you know, it's and a little it still, closer. It can still be really scary if you decide yeah. like this, you know, 50 hour work week is not working for me. Here are two other solutions I came up with to have that conversation with someone Mm-hmm. who is influential over your paycheck, over your insurance, like that, that in and of itself yeah, is a brave leap to yeah. have that conversation. Yeah. And what I work a lot with clients on in general, like whether they're doing something really big or scary is like thinking through to, I mean, like gathering the facts of like so many things. Like I remember I was just like, well, how much would health insurance be? Like if one of us lost our job or whatever. And it was all this, like in my brain hypothetical yeah. where I was like, oh, it's probably like $3,000 a month for a family of four to have insurance or whatever. But I had never actually sat down Done and like the looked. research. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like so many times, like we have this idea. And so it's like, okay, well, let's actually sit down and look at the facts and gather the facts. Because otherwise those ideas are all like swirling around you. It can be so overwhelming. Yeah. I, I yeah. know I need to put things on paper or like into a spreadsheet mm-hmm. in order to calm my anxieties. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. need to be gather- written down somewhere. Yeah. I mean, and even when I did take the brave leap, leap into doing my own thing and like quitting my job that I like, and again, it was like, I had done my whole career in nonprofit and here I am like, oh, but, and I'm like, oh, what I've done my whole, I, I love the nonprofit sector. Are people going to think this or that, you know, all these things, mm-hmm. but I didn't necessarily have this skill when I left, but since then really thinking through what is the worst case scenario Mm -hmm. and the worst case scenario is like not going to happen. 
but exploring the worst case scenario. And then even asking yourself, how am I going to treat myself if the worst case scenario happens? Mm -hmm. And it's like, when you can get to the point where, and this is what I do a lot of the coach, my coaching on, but it's like, if you can get to the point where like, you're going to be kind to yourself Mm -hmm. and still like, and not beat yourself up if the worst case scenario happens. Yeah. But like actually seeing, you know, Hey, I actually took a risk for myself Mm -hmm. here and a benefit like towards something that I'm going for. So it's like thinking through and coaching yourself through how, if the worst case scenario happens, Mm -hmm. which most likely it's not going to, (laughs) then how, how can we be kinder Mm -hmm. to ourselves too? I think is a big And I like that perspective because I think that a lot of the time when people ask you to do worst case scenario exercises, Mm -hmm. they want the outcome that they want is for you to be like, oh, worst case isn't actually that bad. Right. I am very good at worst case scenarios. Yes. (laughs) And I can come up with a lot of like bad worst case scenarios. Mm -hmm. So looking at it from the perspective of, okay, you're in that worst case scenario. Yeah. How are you going to? How are you going to think about yourself? How are you going to treat yourself? And also like, what are the, what are the small solutions that may not fully get you out of that worst case scenario, but are going to make it less of a worst Mm -hmm. case scenario and, and doing that practical work I find helpful too. Yeah. And like still seeing if, even if you get to the worst case scenario, how it's, yeah. I mean, it's not like you can make it work and it's still serving it's still serving, getting you to the best version of what your life yeah. might be, you know, like worst case it's just a different like route and get another job. Exactly. <laughs> you know, or I I live, live like you said, like you were like living with your parents again for a while or a friend or, you know, something and quote unquote, but like that could still be an interesting adventure. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and for a lot of people, they have those types of options. Um, yeah. some, some people don't, but I think that if you, if you can look at what, what your options are for solutions in those worst case scenarios, that can sometimes mm-hmm. be like, okay, even if the very, very, very worst thing happens, I am still strong. I am still smart. I'm still creative. I'm still mm-hmm. a problem solver. I can figure it out and I can take care of the people that I'm responsible for taking care of. Yep. Yep. But it starts with taking care of you and getting out of whatever situation that you need. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I love this story and you know, yeah, you got out, you're doing this copywriting now, and then you Mm -hmm. decided to take that story, do a TEDx talk. Mm -hmm. And then from that TEDx talk, what it came out like last month. Yeah. It came out. Even since then, now people are reaching out to Kathleen saying, Hey, that was amazing. I'm thinking of doing my own TEDx talk. When I do, will you coach me on giving like an awesome TEDx talk? So it's like, it's like every step is just a new, Mm -hmm. you're just leaning into like, this is interesting to me. This is, you know, this is something I'm good at. This is, and again, like you wouldn't have even thought of all that speech stuff that you did in high school and like all of these different things you wouldn't even have let like imagined it leading up no. to this amazing tech ted talk that wasn't even a thing no. when you're in high school it wasn't didn't even exist no <laughs> I, I mean the first the first tedx event was in 2008 2009 so i was like 
at the end of college, out of college at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's just, again, what I mentioned at the beginning of, of our interview is just like thinking of all those skills mm-hmm. and not thinking, oh, I've, and even if you think about your time in law school, it's like, you know, you probably learned some really interesting things in that one semester. Yeah. You probably learned like maybe some different self-discipline that you did, hadn't exercised in a while or, and you know, so the, many at the things. very least my law school experience led to me dropping out. Mm-hmm. which gave me the idea for the TEDx talk, yep, which there you go. has impacted the path that I'm on. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do, I do think every once in a while, I'm like, what, what was the, what was the thing like that I'm going to come up with 20 years from now? I'll be like, oh yeah, no, that, that thing about law school is really important. That's why I spent some time there. But really, like mm-hmm. it's already happened. Yeah. <laughs> without without my law school experience, I wouldn't have had the experience to to talk about this message of the bravely That's true. Ways, yeah. So. Yeah. Every yeah. single thing. It's like so when you think of it that way, it's like no decision that you make if you choose to look at it this way. Like no decision that you make is a wrong decision. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that even it's like a stepping stone. It's a lesson. Yeah. And that like even frees you up to just like start to trust yourself more. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. I can't make a wrong decision. So mm-hmm. what's the decision that I want here? Can't make a wrong one, <laughs> you know? And, and I'm not a person who believes like everything happens for a reason. I don't believe the universe is guiding us in any specific way, mm-hmm. but I do think that like, again, as autonomous beings, we can look at our past, we can look at our present and say, what can I take? What did mm-hmm. I learn? What yeah. was that experience that I can build upon? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I'm so glad that you, you know, shared this message. It's so on point with everything I stand for. <laughs> so yeah. Um, we will no, definitely super glad we got connected. Yeah, I will definitely, you know, link to the TED talk in so all of you listening can go and watch it and be inspired by Kathleen. And, you know, if you're starting, you're thinking about doing your own thing and starting and you need some copywriting, or if you want to do a TEDx, you now you know who to reach out to because that's where yeah. she's going next. Absolutely. And (laughs) I'll share that link with you, Angie, and it is going to be www.writecatcreative.com, R-I-G-H-T, catcreative.com slash brave leap sideways. And that's where you'll be able to watch it and some other resources. Yeah. Amazing. We will link to all of it. And thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I hope you enjoyed Kathleen's story and I hope she has inspired you to take your own brave leap sideways. And if you need support, you need somebody on your side to reflect back to you, your greatness, your strength, help you see that you can also start making shifts in your life that, you know, overcome the things that are holding you back to really kind of go after what you want then reach out to me for a free consultation. I would be so happy to support you on your journey, coach you and get you where you want to be. 
So I will link to everything in the show notes. Go check out Kathleen's TED Talk. Reach out to her. If you're interested in doing your own TED Talk or you need copywriting, and we are here for you. So go check that all that out, and I will see you on the next episode.